I'm Brett McGarry. This week I went to a new planet. A thousand new planets, in fact. I have a review of the sci-fi adventure Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I continued wasting my summer this week watching reruns instead of the things I need to see. I will lament my lost opportunity to tackle all the new shows on my list during the slower season. Plus... We'll tell you if there's anything worthwhile coming to home video this upcoming week. First, it's the news from the couch. Where are we? You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. And you and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won. Easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, it's true. San Diego Comic Con 2017 was on this past week. There is always so much stuff that comes out of that weekend, so we want to give you our summary. And of everything to come out of the Pop Culture Festival, the top trending video was the new trailer for Marvel's Thor. Ragnarok, in which the Hulk speaks. We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. Thor like water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> I like how you could hear Thor just kind of chuckling there right at the end. It's almost like they were improvised that and just left it in the film. Thor and Hulk teaming up for an action comedy adventure with Kate Blanchett as the goddess of death sounds and looks amazing to me. It opens November 3rd. Also from Marvel, at Comic-Con, something new from Netflix, the latest trailer for The Defenders, the team-up miniseries. Several years in the making, featuring Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Can't fight these people. Not even with whatever it is your hand can do. It's cheap. It's not. Even Jessica Jones knows the Iron Fist is a stupid idiot. Iron Fist, just shut up about your stupid chi. I, as you can tell, I really did not like the Iron Fist series. Mostly because Iron Fist was kind of a bumbling fool. And the guy playing him, Finn Jones, is that his name? I can't even remember because I don't care. He was terrible! But I like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, so my hopes remain high for the series, which debuts August 18th. More death is coming. And the only thing keeping Manhattan from crumbling to a pile of dust is the four of you. Not to be outdone by Marvel, DC pulled out some big guns. Comic-Con also saw the release of a new four-minute-long trailer for this fall's Justice League. What did you do this weekend, Diana? Me? Huh. Nothing very interesting. Wonder Woman is portrayed heavily at the front of the trailer since she is by far the best thing to come out of the DC superhero movie so far. The world remains in mourning after the death of the Superman. And where is the Gotham Bat? The mass vigilante has been a no-show. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. 
Picking up where last year's Batman v Superman left off, Ben Affleck returns as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, putting together a team to face a new villain while Superman remains quote-unquote dead. How many of you are there? Not enough. The new team, the Justice League, features, of course, Aquaman. This is crazy. Honestly, I think we're all gonna die. Cyborg. Relax, Alfred. I'll take it from here. Uh, d do I know you? And The Flash. It's really cool. You guys seem ready to do battle and stuff, but I've never done battle. I've just pushed some people and run away. The bad guy appears to be Steppenwolf, an evil alien with horns played by 64-year-old Kieran Hines. The DC gang likes to make their bad guys old. It's weird. This world will fall. Like all the others. One misses the days when one's biggest concerns were exploding wind-up penguins. Of course, Jeremy Irons returns as Alfred. The new trailer has a lot of cool new footage. I'm led to believe the red sky in some of the shots is significant, and they all look like badasses. There's also the teasing of the return of Superman, because, come on, no one really thought he was dead, and I don't think they even expected us to. You said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. Yeah, let's hope Justice League carries on the fun we had with Wonder Woman earlier this summer. It's been a rough ride for the movie, not all because of bad creative decisions or anything. Real life turned tragic with the death of director Zack Snyder's daughter, so Avengers director Joss Whedon is finishing the movie. There's also, of course, been all sorts of talk back and forth about Ben Affleck quitting the series after this movie, yada yada yada. We'll find out if we even want another DC movie when Justice League hits the theaters November 17th. Recognize this world. We don't have to recognize it. We just have to save it. Wasn't just big movies in the spotlight at Comic Con, big TV shows had their own spotlight. One of those was the HBO monster hit Game of Thrones. Everyone is your enemy, everyone is your friend. series of events is happening all at once. I heard complaints the Game of Thrones panel didn't really deliver, but I mean this is the first Comic-Con where they're right in the middle of a season. Usually it begins in April and is finished by July, but Game of Thrones season 7 just started a couple of weeks ago, so even the trailer they showed at Comic-Con was mostly stuff from this past weekend's episode, save for that clip of Littlefinger that I played for you. The Walking Dead! also unveiled a new trailer, and this is a show that I used to love. While I still like it, I was really disappointed by season seven, and I was instantly disappointed with this trailer due to this ridiculous line of dialogue from the big bad Negan. I hope you got your pants on. Not even a thing. <laughs> I know! It's ridiculous! This guy is the main villain! He's supposed to be scary!
scary. He smashes people to bits with a barbed wire baseball bat, and that's what he says? I will admit the rest of the trailer was pretty cool, and it was even fun. After the punishingly dark season seven, they need to lighten up a bit, and it looks like they are doing exactly that after some speeches from Rick, of course. No matter what comes next, we've won. We've already won! See? It's fun! They're playing rock and roll music in the trailer. Walking Dead Season 8 debuts October 22nd. There was also a Comic-Con trailer for the upcoming second season of the Netflix show, Stranger Things. Hey guys, do you see the... No, he is not. Stranger Things was all the rage last summer. I'm surprised it's been a whole year already. It's a sci-fi show set in the 80s featuring some kids, a monster, and a shady government in its lab. It was very much based on things like old Stephen King movies and the Goonies, and the nostalgia for the era, we too were kids in the 80s, was the main draw. A lot of people went nuts for it. It scored a bunch of Emmy nominations. So this week's first look at season two was a welcome surprise. In the new season, it shows Will again in touch with the Upside Down, that's the bizarro apocalypse world, where he sees what looks like a giant spider coming to eat us all. Nothing's gonna go back to the way that it was. Not really. I saw something. More importantly, though, the kids dress as Ghostbusters for Halloween, and they use Michael Jackson's Thriller in the trailer. It really is all about the nostalgia with this show. I like season one a little more than you did, Brett, but we both agreed that even at eight episodes, it did get dull in the middle chapters. It was just too long. That seems to be a recurring problem for a lot of Netflix shows, according to my Twitter feed anyways. But I'm excited for season two. They may have learned from some of their mistakes. We'll find out when the nine-episode season plops on October 27th. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place. What is it that? Not me. Everyone else. Loved the way they used Thriller in that trailer. Genius, isn't oh it? Oh my God, it was so exciting. The way the mashup. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the everything that came out of Comic Con. That was my personal favorite. It was just exciting because I. You're right. I didn't like it as much as you. I didn't hate it. I just. Uh, I. It just got dull in the middle. Yeah, it just dragged out. I think yeah. they could have cut that. I bet you they. From I still stand by my uh, theory that had they cut that in half to four episodes, it would have been a lot better. 
But well, I'm still excited about it. <laughs> they've added an episode this time. I know. So I, hey, I'm excited for it, and it was a great trailer. So there's there was a whole bunch of stuff that we actually didn't get to from Comic-Con. So time permitting, we'll get to some more of that. In the meantime, up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video this upcoming week. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. <laughs> Gary, Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes, having a look at what is coming to home video this upcoming week. And what's that, Jeff? Alien Covenant, starring Michael Fassbender and probably an alien, some other people. Sequel to Prometheus, prequel to the Alien franchise. You saw it, you didn't like it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. You thought it was okay? Yeah, it was well, all right. Somebody else I know just really, really didn't like it, but... Really? But if you like Prometheus, you'll like this one. Is that basically what it is? I can't remember. You know what? I'm going to try to pull up my review here, see what all I right. gave it, because I don't remember what I gave it, which means it was probably, it was clearly was not yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, it wasn't memorable. Right. Oh. I almost said rememberable. <laughs> Which should be a word. We will petition Merriam-Webster's later for that. <laughs> so that's out on Digital HD on Tuesday. That's August 1st. Hard copy Blu-ray DVD releases include uh, the Tom Hanks, Emma Watson bomb, The Circle that nobody even liked who did see it, and a movie called Going in Style, a comedy starring Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Alan Arkin, made by Zach Braff. I saw it. I really liked it. Those guys uh, become bank robbers because they lose their pensions, and it's, it's a real good comedy. What you see is what you get if you check out the promo for that. Over on Netflix, a new series called Surviving Escobar, and it's a series about a guy who was a hitman for Pablo Escobar, and it weirdly seems to be Netflix doing a cheap knockoff of its own series, Narcos. I guess they do that now, so uh, it doesn't look very good, but it's brand new if you're looking for something. Later this month on Netflix, we'll get to it when it comes up. Uh, there's something called Brad Paisley's Comedy Rodeo, and yes, that's country singer Brad Paisley hosting a comedy showcase, and I'm very curious to see what that's going to be like. So, hang on, Net, this show Surviving Escobar is from Netflix? Yeah, it says Netflix Originals on the thing we got. Wow. Weird, eh? That- like they don't have enough about Pablo Escobar yeah. already. Cashing uh, in. On the subject of The Circle, it's funny. I got a text from a friend and, who says, hey, uh, have you seen The Circle yet? And he has uh, interesting but, you know, good taste in films. And he always has smart things to say right. about them. So I thought, well, this is going to be weird because I know Jeff hated it. Or no, did, you I didn't never see saw it. it. He no. just knew it would be ridiculous. And uh, he says, I told, told him, no, I haven't seen it. Is it any good? No. <laughs> No, it is not. <laughs> My advice to you is if you haven't seen it, do not. It is blank, blank, lame. I am mad about investing. <laughs> I didn't even pay for it, but I'm mad about investing Hold 100 this. minutes of my life in this ham-fisted blank, blank. The cast is good, but even they can't do anything with the worst script of the last five years. I mean, I don't even know what the point of it was. Oh my gosh. Like at the end, I'm not sure if it was trying to make a point. It really seemed like it was, but I'd be totally screwed if I can figure out what that point is. He actually goes on a little bit more. Holy smokes. It was a really passionate rant and I appreciate his That's rant. That's funny. By and large, because I would say Tom Hanks is, I think he's my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that. And basically I find him to be a guy, even if the movie's terrible- 
it's always sort of worth watching just to see Tom Hanks. Yeah. But this doesn't sound like it that qualifies. No, it's really kind of shocking that uh, that that's the case. Hey, we got about a minute and a half here left before we need to pause and then get to our review of Valerian. Here is something else that came out of Comic-Con that I'm really excited about. It's the new trailer for Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Today marks the beginning of a new age. Wait, I'm going to show you. Say goodbye to the Kingsman. Kind of got a bit of a save the world situation here. Welcome to Statesman. Your American cousins will be working side by side. Let's get started. It's the sequel to the 2014 British spy action comedy, which starred Taron Edgerton, Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Samuel L. Jackson, and Michael Caine. The sequel partners the Kingsman with a Statesman. And included in that crew are Jeff Bridges, Channing Tatum, and Halle Berry. And the villain this time is Julianne Moore. It opens September 22nd. We've got brains, skills, skipping rope. It's a lasso. Whatever. Up next, my review of Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And then Jeff will tell you all about his wasted summer. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Before I forget, I said that I was going to look up my uh, review for Alien Covenant. Yep. I found it. And uh, it turns out I'm surprised that it wasn't a little bit more rememberable <laughs> because I gave it three and a half out of five. Yeah, there you go. So I liked it, but clearly oh, I you could watch it again then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have to do just that. Now on to a movie that I wonder if I'll ever want to watch it again. It's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Welcome to Alpha. The City of a Thousand Planets. Where for hundreds of years, every species has shared their knowledge and their intelligence with each other. It's paradise. Amazing. Based on a French comic book, this film is from the director of movies like The Fifth Element, Luc Besson. A long time ago, when I was 10 years old, I discovered the first album of this comic book, Valerian. And I was like, oh my God, what is this thing? It is also being hailed as the most expensive French film ever made at 197 million euros or 225 million US or 292 million Canadian. Valerian and Laureline are space cops in the 28th century. The first comic book they appeared in was in 1967 and they last appeared in graphic novel form in 2010 and now a film. When I was working on The Fifth Element with Mezier, the main designer from Valerian, he was the one saying, why you don't do Valerian? Why you do this Fifth Element thing? <laughs> I mean, the technology was not good at the time. It was not possible. And then way later, Avatar arrived, and Avatar makes everything possible. There's no limit anymore. And in this film, the aforementioned utopia known as Alpha is at risk. After centuries of peace and prosperity, an unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agent 
Whereas Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Had to get to work. No, Jeff, I don't think that was Gangsta's Paradise. It sounds the there's one bar of it that sounded just like the the background choir in Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> Hang on. An unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than ten hours to find the there. threat. Oh yeah, I hear it. Oh. <laughs> Good ear. There is a similarity there for sure. Um, maybe Coolio will come knocking and try to get some royalties. He didn't make a cameo, did he? No, he uh, wasn't. But Rihanna is in the film. Really? So Valerian and Laureline are played by Dane DeHaan and Cara Delvine. And uh, it looked like it could be the 3D movie event of the year, if not ever. But that's not necessarily the case. It has always been my dream to put their characters on a big screen. And now it's the time. On the fifth element, there is 188 patrol effects shots. When in Valerian, there is 2,734. I've waited my entire life to make this film. And the journey has been amazing. I gave it everything I have. And I cannot wait to share it with you. So have fun and see you in space. When I hear that kind of passion and when I see just a staggering budget, which indicates a lot of effort went into this film, I feel bad because I really wanted to like this movie a lot, but the best I can say is that it's okay. I had high hopes despite the negative reviews because I like Luc Besson's work. I mean, The Professional, he also directed Lucy, which is cool, and I loved the 1997 sci-fi that I mentioned earlier, The Fifth Element. I am Corbin Dallas. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Lila, uh, multi-pass. You know this is Lilu Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. So that was Bruce Willis, by the way. And... Uh, Mila Yes. They were both great in it. I didn't like uh, Chris Tucker's in it. He sort of ruined that one for oh. me. Otherwise, it is a good movie. Yeah, no, good point. I mean, that movie had a little bit of everything. If you're into science fiction or fantasy movies, it had cool visuals, an imaginative story, and great characters. Valerian nails it on two of three of those points. One, it has incredible visuals. This film is gorgeous. The sheer amount of detail on the screen is a little mind-blowing. I don't want to say that it has more going on than any other film I've seen, but there are some scenes in this film that are just staggering. You could watch it a hundred times and not catch all the detail. I'm trying to think of a comparable film for details. I, I guess some of the Star Wars movies. Some of the scenes in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, for sure. And Star Trek Beyond had some great stuff, too. Anyway, Valerian ticks off that box. Cool visuals. It also ticks off the box for imaginative story. Just imagination in general. The idea of this massive city in space that has become a beacon for species from across the universe to come and share information is really cool. And all the stuff that we see within is consistently new and fresh. I mean, there's one scene, for example, where Valerian is in two dimensions at the same time. He's rooted in reality in one dimension, but his mission is in another dimension. 
and he can see this other dimension and interact with it by wearing a special helmet and wearing fancy gloves or something. It's So it's kind of like virtual reality. Anyway, it's wild. Sadly, not only does Valerian fail to tick the box of great characters, it fails miserably. Valerian and Laureline are played by Dane DeHaan and Cara Delvine, as mentioned. I like Dane DeHaan. He was excellent in the found footage movie about some teenagers who end up with superpowers. That film was called Chronicle from the year 2012. I didn't even mind him in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. He was Harry Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin. But uh, in this film, he's not very good. Although I don't know that I can blame him, per se, because Valerian just, in general, is not a likable character. He's kind of a jerk, actually. And you wonder why Laureline likes him. Cara Delvine, I've actually never seen her in anything. She's a model, so I've seen her in all kinds of makeup commercials. But she is also an actress, and she's done lots of films. One of them is called Paper Towns, but I've never seen that. She was also in Suicide Squad. I never saw that. She was stiff as a board in this film. She was just terrible. And the two of them together had zero chemistry. So Valerian as a film, hopeless when it comes to its characters. And its script. Valerian and Laureline had some of the worst dialogue I have ever heard, which was bizarre because some of the other characters, some of the alien characters, had really beautiful dialogue, like really genuinely touching things to say. So it was, I don't know what happened with this script, but it was bad. It also felt, as a whole, like the film, it felt more like a series of episodes rather than one cohesive story. So it ends up dragging as a result. And uh, the movie is just a shade over two hours long, but it felt longer. And I also found myself just getting stuck on certain things. Like there's this scene where they're in this underwater realm with giant sea creatures. And I just found myself thinking, how did they get to Alpha? And where did all the water come from? They're in the middle of space. Anyway, whatever. I'm nitpicking. It's in the 28th century. Anything's possible. Overall, I would say this film was equal parts good, equal parts bad. It was worth seeing on the big screen in 3D, even though my vantage point was not the best. It was kind of off to the side a little bit. And uh, I also think I needed to be watching it on a bigger screen than I ended up with. And in a louder theater. I was on uh, in like a secondary screen that didn't have the best anything, best screen, best sound. So if you're going to go see Valerian, you need to be totally immersed to truly enjoy it, I think. And I wasn't, so that took away from my experience. It's still a spectacular looking film with a neat story, but brutal characters that I did not care about at all. And the whole thing was just kind of a mess. I admire the passion and the technical achievement, but as I said off the top, the best I can say about the film as a whole is that it was just okay. Two and a half couch cushions out of five for Valerian. Up next, Jeff's going to tell us about his wasted summer. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and we're going to talk some TV now. This is the big deal in the world of television at the moment. A Targaryen cannot be trusted. The Mad King's daughters will destroy the realm. We have an army, a fleet, and three dragons. We should hit King's Landing now. That's a promo for last week's episode of Game of Thrones. I know a lot of you watched it, you loved it, you can't wait for this Sunday's episode. I haven't watched that episode yet. I did watch the first one. I liked it, but I just haven't gotten around to last week's. And that has been the story of my summer, and I don't know why. Making matters worse, I've been binging on shows that I've already seen, already seen 
many times. I actually have a list of stuff that I need to and want to watch. I need to watch the latest seasons of Orange is the New Black, The Affair, Masters of None. I want to finish watching Deadwood for the first time I've stalled out after one season. I want to watch Trapped on your recommendation, Brett. You said it's a, one of the best shows of the year. Yeah! I want to watch The Crown. It's been nominated for Emmys, and I want to watch that before the Emmys in September. These are all things I've literally written on a list that I'm keeping. Uh, add to that the 20 times a week that I lie to people that, quote, it's on my list when they recommend something to me. <laughs> I actually would like to try to get to a lot of the shows people tell me about. And summer's the time to do it. I mean, there's sure there's new stuff like Guns, uh, Game of Thrones that comes out in the summer, but it's not nearly as much stuff as we have to deal with the rest of the year. So summer is a good time to catch up on stuff. But what have I done? I rewatched this. <laughs> Friends, all 275 episodes of which I've already have memorized anyways. I finished that a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm going through The Office. I've watched four seasons. I got five more to go on that. I also have a hankering to rewatch Seinfeld and Lost. I've watched Shakespeare in Love, the movie, twice in the last week. <laughs> I own it. I've owned it for 15 years and I keep rewatching it. I don't, it's so numb. What are you gonna? And the TV's not even turned on all day, every day, like it is in winter. You know, in winter when you can watch a few hours of new shows and then a couple hours of your comfort shows. Yeah. Uh, it's summertime. I like to go outside as much as I can. I'm not watching that much TV, so my TV hours are even more precious than usual. Usual. So that that's my TV conundrum. I know you've complained about this sort of thing before in the past, but but it's just ridiculous what I'm doing. Did you, do you own all the Friends DVDs? No, it's on Netflix. Oh my so, God. So is The Office. Oh. But I also in The Office DVDs. Wow. I would also just point out as well, Trapped, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite shows of the year, but for anybody who's out there who's got a, has the tail of the tape or what have you, I know <laughs> Trapped is not technically a 2017 show, but I watched it for the first time this year. And oh, is it older it's than like, okay. I think it's from 2015. Right. Or tw- I doesn't matter when it was. Still. I first watched it this year and it's awesome you, and yeah. you should watch it too. You liked it so much. I wanted to get around to it. So I, I, I want to. I need to find out what happens at the Dunder Mifflin, apparently, before I get to it. <laughs> Even though I've got all those episodes memorized, who whatever. So I've royally screwed up on the TV front, but I have made some progress on the movie front, Brett. I caught up on one in particular, uh, one particular film that I have been meaning to see this week. I will die protecting this world, Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. It's strange. Maybe. Who am I to judge? Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Rachel McAdams, and Mads Mikkelsen. Been meaning to see it for a long time. I would also, uh, you talked about Kingsman 2 later, earlier. Yep. I want to watch the first one. I actually tried to go watch that on Netflix, but it's gone now. Oh, no! They've been recommending it to me for <laughs> a year, but whatever. But I love Doctor Strange. A great character. Standard comic book stuff. I mean, he's cocky. He becomes humbled and uses his power for good instead of selfish reasons. Obviously, I think the big difference with this compared to some of those other Marvel movies is the bonkers Inception-style special effects. Uh, they look great. I do wish I would have seen it on the big screen. Um, right before I watched it, I thought, I mean, this is a year old already. Why haven't the events of this movie been included in the other Marvel movies since? Like in Spider-Man or what have you, or Guardians 2. I've watched, you know, those other movies and... Not having seen Doctor Strange didn't seem to have made a difference. Now, I mean, I'm I'm not super hip to everything that's going on in the MCU. So, but they they only reference it once in Doctor Strange outside of the end credit scene. So, I guess this Doctor's a fringe guy, but maybe he shows up. Maybe he's going to be in Thor or something. Well, there was a scene with him and Thor 
in I think was at the end credits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do believe he that was might a- appear in in Thor Ragnarok this fall. There you go. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, I was like, hey, I didn't really miss anything because it's not part of Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America and all that yet. And he's going to have a role to play in the Infinity War. That's what's coming up. Okay. So that's by next summer, we need to be all cut up and everything. Yep. All right. Uh, besides the visuals, I, I enjoyed the humor of it all, although it's sort of weird seeing Mads Mikkelsen and Tilda Swinton delivering punchlines, just given the previous work that they're mostly known for. Yep. But uh, Doctor Strange, was it was great fun. Uh, four couch cushions out of five. Right on. Well, yeah. good for you. Glad that you were able to, to get to that. <laughs> it is, you know what though? I... There is something that is, I mean, you, the word is perfect. It's comfort shows. There is something yeah. comforting about returning to these shows. And it's comforting not just because you're familiar, but it's comforting because it sometimes it feels when we watch TV, like we do it because we love it, but yep. we also do it because of this show. So sometimes it's like you get home and you, you just want to watch something that you know. Like I, I've been wanting to watch The Matrix again for like five years. Yeah. But- I look at my PVR and I see eighty. it's at 83% <laughs> capacity because I have 20 episodes of uh, Modern Family to watch. And if I don't do that, then I feel like, I'm. when am I ever going to get caught up in this stuff? So I'm always behind the eight ball. So sometimes it is nice to just go, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to watch a movie or watch an old episode of whatever and, and enjoy it. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. And I think for our mental health, that's actually important given what we do. But <laughs> it's also the sort of, it's, that should be a once a week or once a, every two weeks kind of thing. Not every day, all summer long. I don't know. Just, I just looked at the calendar and I was like, oh my God, it's August next week. And I have been even made a dent into what I wanted to do this year. When did you start watching 275 episodes of Friends? Like in May. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was just, I I'll, would cruise through like on a rainy Sunday just from morning, noon, and night just the whole day. That's impressive yeah. and kind of sad. It is well. kind of sad. It sounds like you need some friends. <laughs> I've got friends. There's Joey <laughs> and Chandler and Phoebe. <laughs> okay. That's all Jeff we have. I'm Freddy's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.